Hey everyone, today we're talking about a topic that I'm super excited about. Uh, you might already guess, it's brand mascots. First, we're listening to the story of Harris Pahic and how he created his mascot, Calvin Cooks. And then I'll also share with you a bit more about how I'm creating my own brand mascot using AI for the brand new branding of Let's Talk Branding. It's a whole lot of branding, so buckle up and let's talk branding. So before we dive into the story of Calvin Cooks, I just wanted to share with you some thoughts on, on AI and how I think it could be an opportunity for especially smaller brands to start creating their own breeding living characters. I think there's a couple of things. Well, first off, before AI, when you wanted to create a brand mascot, you had to either like hire an illustrator, be one, hire a 3D artist, or, or even a, like a full-fledged studio. So there was already like a, a big hurdle when it came to actually designing a character for your brand. And a lot of brands don't do it, not only for that reason, of course. As we know, most brands um, actually think it's not for them. And then a lot of brands or marketers or people don't realize how effective they actually are in marketing. There's a lot of science to prove that they actually are one of the most effective tools uh, when it comes to distinctive assets. So, so I think there's something interesting there where there was a lot of hurdles and there is a lot of disbelief in general about mascots. But I I feel there is something changing. One, um, I think the science around distinctive brand assets has been around for quite a while and I do see more and more brands picking it up um, and I do see smaller brands thinking more and more about their distinctiveness. So, uh, And then there's AI, which makes this all really interesting because at the end of the day, um, what happens is you get a tool where you can create very imaginative characters in quite a consistent way um, and you can basically keep doing that for a while so so that's what like triggered me to to explore a bit more and you might have seen this campaign where i basically tried to imagine uh, brand mascots for a lot of brands that didn't have one like ikea and skoda and, and linkedin and i had a lot of fun using midjourney and and uh, some some video ai tools to create it but it wasn't production level ready yet, as it was very hard to like reproduce the same character over and over again. But then um, the tools evolve, and as you know, they're evolving super rapidly. And uh, as soon as I started playing around with Dali and the new um, in in inside of ChatGPT, I noticed that actually, at this point, it's becoming quite realistic to create a unique character with unique characteristics and basically reproduce that in different angles, different situations, and also um, bring that to life using uh, video and even 3D. And it's really starting to look like polished and, and usable in a marketing context. So uh, it's been uh, quite fascinating to me. And that's why I also created this um, tutorial uh, it'll be out hopefully <laughs> uh, at the same time 
as I release this podcast. But if not, uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube uh, channel and it will be out this week. And that's why I also um, talked to Haris Pahic, who actually has created his own mascot, Calvin Cooks, and also using AI. And I and it's been very interesting to see how it like makes his content more memorable, more distinct, and basically is doing what a mascot should be doing. So just to reiterate on it, I think it's a very interesting field especially for smaller brands who don't have the budgets to go out and like hire a studio to make this asset there is of course uh, some caveats to it one is um, the legal protection aspect it's as as far as i can understand and the research i've done and i'm talking to some ip lawyers and there's going to be an episode about that soon but uh, as far as I understand is you can't basically trademark anything that hasn't been created by a human. So that would mean in theory that you can't legally protect a mascot. But this this spectrum of created by human um, is, is fading very rapidly as AI tools are becoming more and more like standard in things like Illustrator and Photoshop. And it's becoming more and more of like a let's say, a mix where you are together with the AI creating stuff, so you are involved in the creation, and I can imagine that legally this will have its impacts too, and it will be harder to decide, but anyway, even regardless of the fact that like it's maybe still a bit risky in terms of legal protection, there is always the fact that creating this mascot for your brand and using it in your day-to-day marketing comes already gives you the advantage and and you're already owning it of course that doesn't mean that at a certain scale you you might want to protect these things Uh, as we know they are they have real equity and it's important to do so so that's a real caveat and then the other caveat is of course it's ai so it's still like not the same as a real human artist um so it has its limitations in terms of creativity and and it mostly has to do with how you prompt it basically but um there's a lot of room i think for um human like artists illustrators 3d artists to basically take these ideas you start generating with ai and build on them so i think that's i think the use case that will be very important as well is where you may you might have an id for a brand mascot for your brand and you can take ai for a spin to just see how that might look and then you could use that as an input for any type of artist that you can brief more specifically as you already have some ideas on the look so i think it's kind of like it's giving um tools to marketers brand managers designers um, to play around with assets that were previously quite hard to create to test and then to either really go in on the whole ai thing and and leverage it and and start playing around with it or brief an artist make them um, create something beautiful for your brand and then easily protect it legally so there's a few paths you can take with it but i think in general uh, I'm really interested to see how uh, more and more brands are going to be using these these creatures in their marketing and making them more interesting and memorable, which is, of course, 
the end goal. So um, let's just listen to uh, Harris's story on Calvin Cooks. I think it's really interesting. And again, uh, go visit the YouTube channel. It'll be in the show notes and you'll find a full tutorial and walkthrough on the Let's Talk branding mascot. Hey, everyone. Hey, Harris, how are you? Hi, Steph. Uh, today is my birthday, so I'm excited to do this episode with you today on this very special day. Wow, it's well. an honor to have you <laughs> back on the show, second time, um, and congrats on the birthday, of course. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it's the first time, probably. It's first the first time probably we have a birthday guest, so that's that's a special special edition. Well, um, I invited you back on the show uh, not to geek on B two B marketing. Well, probably a bit as well, but uh, also especially on on your mascot calvin cooks which i found very interesting to see it come to life and like just the whole story behind it was very fascinating to me i think you're quite innovative in that space in the sense that there's not a lot of creators out there b2b creators with a mascot so maybe just introduce us to calvin cooks and like what why it started in the first place why you created it and maybe for the listeners how it looks like uh yeah so let me start by explaining how it looks like so calvin cooks is a purple fluffy monster wearing a chef hat and uh the way i created it goes back to the time where i created my personal website i started positioning myself as the quote-unquote memorable b2b content guy and as i was designing this website i realized hold up look what i have on this hero section for example None of this is particularly interesting or memorable or whatever else I'm trying to convey. So I'm not really walking the talk here. I need something distinctive, something more flashy. And that's when I started thinking about the mascot. And as I was thinking about this stuff, I was listening to a song actually in the background called The Secret Recipe by Lil Yadi and Jay Cole. And as I was listening to it, the dots connected in my head. That's where I got the idea of, you know, following the story of being the the secret recipe of memorable B2B content. And immediately after I got that idea, it immediately led me to come up with this mascot, a chef, a monster chef who cooks up memorable content. And that's how that mascot came about, really. That's such a funny story. And and what what's actually great about that is what I think a lot of people like don't get when it comes to creating distinctive assets at the, that there is a lot of randomness to this process but that is actually what makes it also distinctive it's like you can't say well we're gonna look at the brand strategy and the mascot will appear from that no it's like this collision of things happening and there's something in there and it has meaning but mostly it's like you creating this and and, and i think that's important for people to understand like First off, I I mean, obviously the, the monster looks really cool. So for the people listening, go check it out. It'll be in the show notes and there'll be a video about it. But like, how did you go from that ID to creating this mascot? Because there is a bit of an, an interesting story there as well. Yeah, yeah. From the idea, as I had a brand positioning idea of, you know, being the secret recipe to memorable content, I imagined the mascot would probably have something re related to cooking in its visual appearance. And that something was a chef hat. So it started with a chef hat and the rest of the mascot, you know, being purple, obviously those are my brand colors. That was an easy decision to make. 
But the idea of a monster was quite random, actually. It was the first thing I thought of, and I just ran with it. I thought it would be pretty cool. Mm. And second thing is, for the idea of monster, looking at the context of B2B companies and B2B marketing, I assumed the monster would be the last thing any company would do. And I saw that as an opportunity. So mm. let me use this to stand out because probably nobody else would do it. And that's how it came about. And then, and then I just started you know, creating it in these design tools. Probably did God knows how many hundreds of prompts until I got it right. Put it on my website, use it as a main <laughs> reference point. And then from there, I just use that reference point to recreate the mascot for my LinkedIn content, for the rest of my website, for my Substack article, and hopefully in the future for other touch points as well. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. And and maybe just let's dive a little bit deeper into the technical part. Um, like what tools did you actually use to create this? Because traditionally you would go to a, a 3D artist or an illustrator to create this type of mascot, which is quite costly, but you did it all on your own without any like like huge uh, graphic design or illustration skills, I'm, I'm guessing here. So how did you go about doing that and what tools did you use? I used Bing AI Image Generator. That is my tool of choice. And um, I, I figured out, you know, when I compared it to the outputs I get from other tools like Midjourney, the advantage I had with uh, Bing AI Image Generator is that its outputs are very consistent. And that is very important for me hmm. if I want to use this mascot everywhere in these other touch points in the consistency of these outputs. So on the technical part, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's very straightforward, actually. It's very simple. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, it's uh, one of the biggest challenges in, in like, you can get a really nice looking character out of the box, but then it becomes the, the real challenge on how to manage it and how to like see it in different contexts. And it's interesting that Dali or I think Dali is the same as Bing, right? I think so. I think so. And I think you got yeah, it, but I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, it's interesting that they are able to like give you a, quite a consistent look for your mascot, which is uh, of course very important. And and I'm wondering like um, how on a day to day basis are you like using it in your overall like say marketing efforts? Like where does it where does it come to life and and how are you using it? The main channel where it comes to life is my LinkedIn profile. I use it in, in all of my LinkedIn content. Like every post I publish comes with an image. I use this mascot to illustrate a point I'm trying to make in every content piece to illustrate a message. Like I just put it there. I generate a custom, you know, prompt custom custom mascot for the, for the post I want to use. And I just slap a caption on top of it. So it's really simple, but it's, it's, it's been uh, surprisingly effective actually because I had a lot of people in my target audience who are uh, reached out to me to tell me how, how how they find it cool. I had people, you know, potential employers who got on an intro call with me. And the first thing they asked me is, oh, how do you create a purple guy? The purple guy is so cool. I noticed you because of it. It made me read your post. It, it, it kind of drew me in. So I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole point, right? And, and it enforces your positioning, which is obviously great. Um, I, I think like uh, what's even more interesting, I mean, I've talked about mascots on this podcast before and people probably don't want to hear me uh, praise it, them any more than I already did. Like we know they're effective tools, but what's interesting here is that like you as a creator, as a personal brand are using this like 
why did you choose that and not like your own face as a prominent way to to bring forward because it is like something different than you see usually with b2b brands yeah uh, be sorry creator brands yeah yeah i'm gonna be real with you um i know the secret i mean it's not a secret <laughs> it's a best practice in b2b to use your own face and be on camera and be on video connect with people and i'm aware of my own limitations when it comes to that like you know um, um I'm not as charismatic as some other creators like, you know, Obey Durrani. I'm not as good looking as Chris Walker. I'm not as bubbly and I don't have a magnetic personality like Amanda Natividad and all these great people. And I imagined my mascot, if I could create one, could be a substitute for, you know, being the face of my brand. And I can imagine it being everywhere. And you can also imagine if you use your mascot in your marketing assets instead of your face, it kind of comes across as less, you know, narcissistic, less self-promotional, and more of a, a, let's call it, humble way of connecting a brand with the audience or with potential buyers, in my opinion. And before um, mm. before well, anybody says, before anybody takes this, takes this out of context, I can already sense some, you know, bad faith actors saying, "Oh, look at Stephen Harris. These two branders talking about fluffy stuff. They don't care about revenue." I'm not saying mascots are, you know, the end all be all to effectiveness in your content in your marketing. They are a huge advantage if you got the essentials right. Like if your content is helpful, if it's relevant, if it's informed, if it has a unique tone of voice, if it has a, if it offers a non-obvious perspective, sure, it can help. But on its own, it won't help you, and you shouldn't expect too much of it. Mm, yeah, I think it's a it's a very important remark because I can imagine. Like with the friction being removed as we get these AI tools into the hands of a lot more people, like especially when it comes to then like animating them and bringing them to life, we'll see, we'll probably see more characters come up, which is great, but it doesn't solve for having crappy content or whatever. So it's a very important point that you say that. Like, um, what do you foresee in uh let's say looking forward because i know you've been experimenting as well with some other things like uh maybe video ai and 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 that sort of stuff like let's say we 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 project ourselves in two years like what is calvin cooks doing and how is he helping you bring your message across yeah yeah that's a good question as for the technical side of the prediction i don't i'm not sure i have the answer to that but in terms of my goals with it hmm. One clear idea I had with Calvin Cooks for the long run is for Calvin to be my anchor, not my anchor, but the anchor of my personal brand. Because as creators, as B2B marketers, mm -hmm. when we join companies eventually, we sort of become a mouthpiece for that company. And that kind of puts your authentic opinions, mm -hmm. your authentic ideas aside. And, and that kind of sort of gets lost in, in, the, in the mix of it all. So I would imagine Calvin Cooks being my anchor for my personal brand, no matter which company I work for, no matter which narratives I'm pushing for them. It's always that side of, quote unquote, the real me out there on the Internet that's building my brand. Mm, that's super interesting. I hadn't even thought about this, but while you were talking about it, it's actually funny that like Calvin Cooks can like live on while you like go do stuff. It's like, it, it becomes this, well, it's linked to your personal brand, but in a way I can imagine it even like becoming bigger than your name and like becoming its full own brand. And maybe at some point it's like even easier to sell 
or do stuff with it then because basically you created ip that you own and that can be transferred because it's not your face which i think is very interesting and something not a lot of people are are using yes yes that's how that's kind of how i see it too i mean if you're a bigger brand you would think about stuff like using mascots to avoid risks pr scandals and whatnot but um when you're a solo you can also think about it for marketing opportunities that you as an individual might not be able to take on for example certain kind of pr stunts certain kind of video certain kind of content stuff that only your mascot can do and that's where these possibilities are and that's where i'm looking at it i don't see anything specific at the moment but i think a lot of cards are open and it's a very exciting time to be alive man 100 percent um maybe one question um on the on the side of like the IP. Have you looked into protecting your mascot in a in a legal way yet, or like is that because I know it's still a very vague area? Uh, no, not yet, not yet. I did consider it, but not as not as uh, not as, as of now. I have to do that eventually. Obviously, have to think about that. I can get into a lot of trouble, but right now I'm just focused on the fundamentals of content and using this mascot as a fun little you know support piece to get more attention, to be more distinctive. To be more recognizable and ultimately to practice what I preach, make memorable content. Mm, voila. And I think, I mean, again, for people listening, go check out Harris's content. It is indeed, as he said, it's a combination of <laughs> very interesting, but at the same time entertaining. And I think that's something like we're really afraid of in B2B. It's like we, we think we need to be serious and rational and all of those things in a way are true in the sense that, as you said, like you need to provide value and insights and you can't just have a dancing beast and that's enough. But the way you're pairing like the entertainment with the, the story and, and the information, I think is something that a lot of people can learn yeah, from. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, no matter what your content is or no matter if it's a, uh entertaining serious educational whatever you want to call it ultimately it has to feed into your core messages it has to feed into those memory pillars that get people to remember your brand and know you and remember you for the right things when they're ready to buy so i think that's the key how you do it doesn't matter too much to me personally but we have to keep our eyes on what's really important all right and maybe to like one last question to wrap it up is when somebody is listening and they're interested in like, hey, maybe I should do this for me or my brand or the company I'm working for, like, what are some first steps you would recommend to just start thinking about uh, when, when they want to explore this idea? I mean, if you have an idea for a mascot, if you have a rough creative idea, you know, is it an animal? Is it a monster? Is it a pigeon like yours? Whatever it is. I think it's very easy to start with the abundance of tools you have at your disposal. As I said, personally, I use Bing AI because it's free. And because it's free, it, it has a broad access to many people, some who may not have the budget for it. I would recommend you start there with Bing AI. Voila. Agreed. I think, and and it's also interesting that it's not the prompting is less less complex. So again, there's another level of accessibility that you don't have with Midjourney, where you do need to have some prompt engineering. It's not that complex, but uh, yeah, these these conversational layers on top of image uh, generating uh, is, I think, really interesting for for smaller brands and people that don't want to get deeper into it. So. Um, 
thanks a lot for sharing your story on this podcast, Harris. Was very uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be to be here for the second time now. And I'm glad it was helpful. If anybody wants to check out more about this mascot called Calvin Cooks, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Steph will probably link it at the end of this conversation. You can also check out my website, hardspahich.com. Voilà. And we're all waiting for the big uh, Netflix uh, version. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin It's Cooks in the movie. making. <laughs> As always, I really appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, you can subscribe on substack.letstalkbranding.com and you can find more about brand strategy on branding.courses where I have some really interesting courses for you. Have a great day.